What color is magic? Find out next on Junk Food. Yeah, welcome to Junk Food, the podcast about junk food, where we rate and review mystery treats to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks. I'm your host, Mike. Alongside me, as always, Alyssa. Hey, Dad. Hey, Liz. So, what did Miss Claus say to Santa while looking up in the sky? What did Mrs. Claus say to Santa while looking up in the sky? I don't know. It looks like rain, dear. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That was a good one. That was a good one. That was a dad joke, a joke you tell to your dad. If you'd like to submit a dad joke for Alyssa to tell me on the show, you can send it in to us via Twitter at JunkFeudPod or via email to JunkFeudPod at gmail.com. And Liz, yeah. welcome back once again to the world's yeetest podcast. Welcome back. Ho, ho, whoa, Merry Snacks, Miss. Welcome to week four of the Junk Feud Holiday Snacktacular. Liz, it's the most hungerful time of the year. You mention that every time. I know, I love saying it. This is our Christmas episode. Yeah. Yeah, our Christmas special, if you will, just like Rudolph and Frosty, Christmas specials of days gone by. This is our Christmas special. This is the most important one. Yeah, this is the last episode of the show before Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. So, from all of us here at Junk Feud, to all of you at home, happy holidays. Snacky holidays, Liz? Huh? Snacky holidays? Does that work? Um, I guess. I don't know. Not our best. Liz. But, or Dad, we could just say Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, guys. Or That's Happy right. Hanukkah. Happy or- Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Festivus. I think the show might drop on Festivus, actually. I got to check. And then there's one more. It's like, it's basically for like Albanian, I think. There's one more. But it's not, it's not really like Christmas, but it's like, um, it's basically you trick or treat, but for Christmas presents. Oh, that sounds awesome. It is awesome. We'll have to ask Yanni about that. Yeah, that's, he told me about that, but yeah. I forget what it's called. Shout out to friend of the show, Yanni. Yeah, shout out. Hey. Yeah. Liz, one of my favorite days of the year is coming up in just a few hours. Same. Christmas Eve. Because we always get one present on Christmas Eve. Well, yeah, I mean, that's important for you. For me, Christmas Eve is another eating holiday, Alyssa. Because on Christmas Eve, my dad sits downstairs and watches this one movie. Which one? I forget what it's called. Winter Wonderland? It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. Uh, the kid, like, drowns underwater. He doesn't drown. He gets rescued by his brother, George. That's kind of like the big point of the movie. But he loses his ear, doesn't he? Well, he loses hearing in his ear, yes. Oh. That's not the... I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but sure, that's uh If you're 12 I... years old, that's a synopsis of It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. But my favorite part of watching It's a Wonderful Life and having Christmas Eve is making that big snack board full of meats oh. and cheeses. Oh, yeah, and playing the stacking game. Liz, you know what the stacking <laughs> game is, right? Last year, I, I made a really big stack. You did so good. This is something my dad and his brothers used to do, and then our family kind of adopted it as a Christmas Eve tradition. When you have the big snack board, all the meats and cheeses out, all the accoutrement, you try to make a stack of food as high as you possibly can. Like you build a base with a cracker or a piece of Melba toast or something like that, a pumpernickel slice if you've got it. You use spray cheese out of a can as the mortar that glues all of the levels together. And then you add little smoky cocktail hot dogs and you add slices of salami and hunks of cheese and sweet gherkins and roasted red peppers. But because of all the things that they're like not even, it's really hard to keep your stack up. Yeah, so it's hard to get a good foundation and keep the structure intact. And then you have to build the stack as high as you can. And you have to eat the entire thing in, in a single bite. bite. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I remember how gross that was. It's absolutely gross. It's a choking hazard. 
I was love it. spilling out of my mouth last year. It's unreal how much a, a human person can actually fit in their mouth when it's salty meats and creamy cheeses. <laughs> I can't even like... And Liz. What? You have some of your own Christmas Eve rituals, don't you? Um, yeah. I know that you do because when we were putting out the Christmas decorations this year, I found a small handwritten note that you had made a few years ago that was a checklist of all the things you wanted to do on Christmas Eve. Did we complete all of them? We sure did. Uh, it was things like stay in your pajamas all day long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, drink hot cocoa. Yeah. Take a trip around the neighborhood to look at Christmas lights. Well, that's a tradition for us, too. Of course. Sprinkle reindeer food on the front lawn. Yeah. We do that every year, too. Things like that. Wasn't it? No, but it was like a very strict checklist because it was like, put the cookies out, put the milk out, put the carrots out, make sure the stockings are aligned, make sure you read all the books. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, there are a lot of things to do on Christmas Eve. It's a very important day. You want to make sure you get everything right so that Santa doesn't skip over your house. And if you want to get sleepy, get in a warm bath. Warm, warm bath warm helps. Bath. That's true. Yep. And it's important to do all these things and to do them in the right order because you're building something that's greater than the sum of its parts. We talked about synergy before, right? Yeah. And guess what? What? That reminds me of this week's snack. Today on Junk Feud. <laughs> you are so excited for this one. Yeah. Up next on Junk Feud, it's... Breakfast Dessert Pasta from Elf. Breakfast Dessert Pasta from Elf. Liz, what do you know about Buddy the Elf's breakfast dessert pasta that he eats in the movie Elf from 2003? So, I know that there's a lot of sugary snacks. Mm -hmm. Can I... So, it's like... A lot of sugar. Yeah, why don't you explain what it is right at the top and then we'll get into it. Like, explain like what's in it? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I mean, you're looking at all the stuff we've got here right now. Yeah, just so that I don't forget anything. So there's snow caps, fudge Pop-Tarts, M&Ms, Christmas M&Ms if you have them, mm. marshmallows, a lot of maple syrup. You need caramel sauce and chocolate sauce. And then, of course, you need pasta and red sauce. Yeah, that's right. All that junk goes on top of a big plate of leftover pasta with tomato sauce. Yep, and then you just mix it with your hands. You have to mix it with your hands. Oh, no, that's right. We have to eat this with our hands. I completely forgot <laughs> about that. Oh, that's going to be such a problem. Yeah, no forks, Dad. Oh, no. Well, I, like... I guess you can tell. You're super looking forward to this, and I am not looking forward to this at all whatsoever. You know what we should do? What? We should do the tiny hands challenge with one of these like nasty foods. Oh, uh, well, not today, please. I no, mean, that's one fine. not today. <laughs> getting getting all gross and disgusting one time is already too many for me. I don't need <laughs> I don't want to do this again. I, we did this a while ago. I remember it. I know, and you have been asking every day since that day <laughs> a couple of years ago if we can do it again, if we can make the elf pasta again. And the reason that we want to do this list is because it was such a fun scene and such a fun movie. You know the movie Elf, right? Yeah, obviously. Of course. It's a Christmas movie released in 2003. It stars Will Ferrell as a human boy raised by Santa's elves. He learns that he has a human father that's on the naughty list. Ugh. And then he has to travel to New York City to meet him and save Christmas. What's his name? Like John? Uh, Walter Hobbs was Walter. his father's name. Uh, Walter. That's boo, right. Walter. Yeah, well, Walter was a bit of a Grinch in that movie. And in fact, the uh, the studio making it was a little bit of a Grinch. It was produced for only $33 million in 2003. But in its initial release, it earned back $220 million. My favorite character was probably the little boy. I forget his name. Uh, Michael, Buddy's Michael. younger brother. Yeah. How did I forget that? I don't know. You're sitting right here. I like when he does the impression of James Con uh, of Walter Hobbs, the James Con character, when they're at the dinner table, and he's like, "I got a lot of work to do, and I'm really backed up on a lot of things." 
My favorite was when him and Buddy were in the snowball fight. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. And then he was just sitting there making one snowball, and Buddy was, like, launching them. Yep, there's so many fun things we can talk about for this movie, and it was a relief to everybody involved in the production of the film that it did as well as it did, because it had a really long gestation period. It sort of languished in production purgatory for a while. List, did you know it was originally written 10 years earlier in 1993? It might have starred at one point either Chris Farley or Jim Carrey. Who's Jim Carrey? Jim Carrey, like... Mariah uh, Carey's husband? Uh, well, no, absolutely not. Um, Jim Carrey, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Dumb and Dumber. He was the Grinch in the live-action Grinch movie. You at least know him from that. I've never watched that. Wow, generational divide here. I I wanted to, but Mama told me it wasn't good. The Grinch movie? Yeah. Ooh, I kind of agree with her on that one. All right, that's a bit of a controversial... Well, probably not terribly controversial opinion. Yeah, it's not great. I'd rather watch the animated... Special with Boris Karloff, for sure. I like the one, the like, yeah, the very like animated one that I just think, came out in 2018. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. I think Benedict Cumberbatch was the voice of uh, the Grinch in that movie. You're a mean one. I like the rap one. Like oh, that. the Tyler, the Creator song, sure. That's really good. That's really funny. Benedict Cumberbatch. That's fun to say, isn't it? Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. Segment Switcher Upper. Segment Switcher Upper. List. what else was going on in 2003, the year that Elf was released in theaters? Um, Bella was born a year later. <laughs> Bella was born a year later. Yeah, I mean, That's we don't... That's all I can ever, like, think of when it gets that far down. We just did the early 2000s. I don't think we really need to go through this right now. I mean, yeah, we talk about so that stuff all the that time. so much that happened. I think it's more important, actually, that we talk about where this movie was made rather than when it was made. So mostly it was shot on location in Vancouver, British Columbia. That's a place in Canada that often acts in as a stand-in for New York cities in movies. Uh, like Columbia, like the like how modern like it's what mod, modern family? Modern family, the television show? Yeah, and then there's like the mom is like Colombian and she like talks like that. Oh, yeah, that's Colombia in South America. Like, talks like that. Like, she has a Colombia. Yes. Colombia. Yes. No, uh, this is British Columbia, which is a province of Canada, our neighbor to the north, rather than one of our neighbors to the south. Yeah. So the reason that movie studios will shoot pictures in Vancouver is because it looks a lot like New York City, but it's a lot cheaper to film there. There are some tax incentives. And uh, in fact, many of the interior shots, Alyssa, like the, the parts of the movie that look like they're being filmed indoors, like in the office or the apartments. Yeah. Those were filmed in a set-dressed partially abandoned mental hospital in vancouver if you can believe it oh yeah it's a very popular place to make movies a mental hospital mm -hmm. well i mean some of it is defunct and it's just a movie studio now but for a while it was a mostly operating mental institution oh yeah but for the shots that were not in vancouver they were actually filmed on location in New York City. And it's kind of a hacky thing to say that New York City itself is sort of a character in this movie, but there is something special about the city during the holiday season, isn't there? It's just so pretty. It is so pretty. There's so many fun things to do. You can go see the big tree at Rockefeller Center. You can see the window displays in the department stores along Fifth Avenue. There's all sorts of fun things to eat and drink. It's really, really exciting. Like ways to get excited about that. Watch Home Alone 2. Yeah, absolutely. We watched Home Alone 2 last night and we can point out all of the different fun places that Kevin goes in that movie. Although the toy store in that film, what was it called? Do you remember? Duncan's Toy Chest. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was sort of modeled after FAO Schwartz, which was a gigantic toy store that's sort of there now, but not the way that it was in the original incarnation. Listen, when I was a kid, your Aunt Patty, my Aunt Patty, took me into the city to go to FAO Schwartz 
And I remember I bought a Toy Biz Superpowers Mr. Freeze action figure, the one layer like if you would put it in the freezer, his skin would turn blue, that thing. Wow. Yeah, it was so awesome. I remember that trip very vividly. We ate at a Japanese restaurant called Lenge, which I don't think is there anymore. I think that was maybe the first time that I ever had chicken teriyaki and ate with chopsticks. And they had these little candies that were wrapped in rice paper, and the rice paper was edible. So if you wanted to play a prank on somebody, you could eat the entire candy still in the wrapper. <laughs> it was so funny. You can watch Home Alone so many times and still like find new stuff. Yeah, I think that's one of the important things about really, really good movies is that they're infinitely rewatchable. And I think Elf is probably like that too, right? It's still so funny every time you watch it. Like, even though you know what's coming, it's still so funny. And in this movie list, the Empire State Building as well plays a pretty big role. Yeah. A pretty big role, obviously, since Walter Hobbs's office is located there. But he works in the mailroom pretty briefly. You remember when he goes into the basement and they have that big party and they dance around? Oh, yeah, where he starts doing the little lad dance on the table. Yeah, and then he gets uh, arrested, has to go to jail. (laughs) Yes. That's pretty fun. On the exterior of the building, there's that Art Deco style, you know, sort of that the way that the building pitches up and has those hard lines. Yeah. It sort of gives like a timeless air to the film in the way that a modern skyscraper probably wouldn't had they shot in one of those other newer buildings. Oh. Yeah. And there's also Gimbel's department store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where Buddy meets Jovi. It doesn't exactly exist anymore. The exteriors that they used were uh, were based on the Macy's building. I love Jovi. (laughs) Everybody loved Jovi. In fact, the director of the movie, John Favreau, loved Zoe Deschanel, who played Jovi so much that originally her singing parts were not in the movie. But then when he found out that she, the actress, was actually a singer, they rewrote some of the movie to make it so that she could sing songs in the film. Wait, so she like actually have like songs? Yeah, all those songs that she sings in the movie, she sings those. She actually has a Christmas album with her husband and their band, which was called She and Him. I don't, I don't know if they're together anymore, but um, they sing a version of Baby It's Cold Outside. And in fact, she has a version of that song on this soundtrack, which we'll talk about in a moment. Baby, it's cold outside. Yeah, such a good song. A little weird, but still a good song. Yeah. So Gimbel's, the department store where Jovi and Buddy meet, uh, used to be a real store It was the competitor to Macy's in another Christmas movie based in New York City, A Miracle on 34th Street. We've watched that one as well, Liz. I haven't. You don't remember A Miracle on 34th Street? No. There's a a bunch of curmudgeonly old people who don't think that Santa Claus is real, and they take him to court, and then he proves that he is, in fact, the real Santa Claus. It's fantastic. I've never seen it. Well, anyway, the facade for the Gimbel's building in this film is the uh, Macy's building on 5th and 30th. And there's lots of other shots in Midtown Manhattan list. In fact, there were several real-life fender benders, traffic accidents during the filming of this movie by distracted drivers who were confused by Buddy the Elf, Will Ferrell, in costume, walking around the streets. Wait, so people like got in accidents? Yeah, those were real reactions. All those shots were done what they call guerrilla style with a very small crew. They didn't have any permits. They didn't close any of the roads. There were no actors uh, aside from Will Ferrell walking down the street. All the people in those shots are real people. You remember when Buddy's walking down the street and he sees uh, a jolly guy with a white beard and a red, uh, like a red sweatsuit and he confuses him for Santa Claus? Oh, yeah. That was not an actor. That was a real guy wearing that real outfit who just happened to be walking down the street that day. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, Buddy eats some chewed gum from under a railing at the subway entrance on Broadway and East 23rd. You remember he runs around that revolving door until he gets sick and throws up? Yeah. That's on 5th and 33rd. The Hobbs apartment building is 55 Central Park West. Guess who else's apartment building that was in the movies? Who? Dana Barrett's apartment from Ghostbusters. Oh. Yeah, the same exterior for that shot was the same building. 
Ghostbusters. That's Chase's favorite song. Yeah, I think we've talked about two of his favorite songs of all time today. The Ghostbusters theme song and uh, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Oh, we can't forget about Safe and Sound. And Safe and Sound, that's right. <laughs> and to use a segment switcher upper here, Liz, Buddy the Elf feels very safe and sound when he and Jovi go see the tree at Rockefeller Center. And then later on in the film, there's that climactic chase through Central Park that culminates near the Bethesda Terrace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all of these were real shots on real locations that they made outside in New York City. So they just shot it. Wait, did Buddy like actually like go up to that guy? Oh, yeah, he did for sure. Oh, that was God. one take, real time. Wow. And they didn't like ask anybody if they could be in a movie? Nope. They, well, they had to get releases from them afterwards. And everybody told them like, hey, we're shooting a movie. This is Will Ferrell. He's a famous actor from Saturday Night Live. We're going to put you in the movie. Here's, you know, $100 or whatever extra scale was. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is cool. It is neat. So people just got $100 for walking in the background? Well, I don't know if it was exactly $100. But for all the people who appear on screen, they will have them sign a, a release that allows the film to use their likeness. And then sometimes they get paid and sometimes they don't. It depends. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Aside from the city itself, the soundtrack contributes to the New York vibe in this film. Alyssa, they make use of some jazzy versions of some Christmas classics. Yeah. It kind of dresses up the music a little bit. I particularly like uh, Brian Setzer's version of the Nutcracker Suite. Do you know who Brian Setzer and the Brian Setzer Orchestra is, Liz? No, but I know what the Nutcracker is. Yeah, well, of course you know what the Nutcracker is. That's another holiday classic. Do you know I've only like seen the like one with the ballerina? Well, obviously. Well, the Nutcracker, yeah, of course. The Nutcracker is originally a famous ballet with Tchaikovsky music in it. But it's like the movie. Oh, that big budget motion picture version that came out a few years ago. Yeah, that's like all I've seen. I don't think I've seen that one. You know what's a good idea? If you want, you can go on YouTube and you can find recordings of some of the, uh, some of those Nutcracker suite ballets from some famous ballet companies around the country. There's a really good one from Philadelphia that you can see on there. Isn't there like a Nutcracker on Broadway? Oh, most likely, especially during the Christmas season, I'm sure. There's 100% Annie on Broadway, I know that. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> no need to talk about Broadway anymore. Well, if we want to talk about Broadway, you're going to continue to talk about the music that's associated with those shows. And of course, there's music that we were just talking about that's associated with this movie. In fact, there are some songs that aren't associated with the holidays, but that still give a sort of timeless theme of grandeur to the city at, during the holidays, like um, Louis Prima's Pennies from Heaven, for example. Not something you would normally associate with the Christmas season, but when it plays in this film and you see the shots of the city, it sort of makes that association in your brain. Oh, yeah. 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 The soundtrack for this film sold really well. It was certified gold by the uh, Record Industry Association of America on the strength of Zoe Deschanel's version of Baby It's Cold Outside that we talked about. She recorded that with Leon Redbone. He was the one that played Leon the Snowman at the North Pole. Leon the Snowman. Yeah, oh remember when they're up at the North Pole and it looks like the Rankin-Bass holiday specials and Leon the Snowman is outside. He wears sunglasses. He has oh, a very yeah. deep voice. And there's the Arctic Puffin and the Narwhal who says, bye-bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. I like that <laughs> Do you know the voice of the Narwhal was actually director John Favreau from this movie? Really? Yeah. We're going to talk about him in just a moment, too. Well, that's very interesting. It sure is. And it was interesting as well that this movie reviewed as well as it did. It was kind of odd at the time for holiday films. They weren't really known to be uh, critical darlings. But no less than Roger Ebert himself, the very famous populist movie reviewer from the Chicago Sun-Times, gave this film three out of four stars. He said it was a rare Christmas comedy with a heart, brains, and a wicked sense of humor. And Liz, this is still the most popular Christmas movie on streaming sites every year. Why didn't they give it four out of four? Uh, well, I guess Roger Ebert probably thought that it was a really good movie, but not maybe a perfect movie. And I think you could understand 
that this is not really one of those things that is like uh, serious cinema, even though it is something fun that we really enjoy. It's perfect to me. It is perfect to you. And I think it's probably perfect to a lot of other fans out there. In fact, USA Today, the cheap newspaper that you get like shoved under your door when you stay at a commercial hotel on the side of the road, ranks it as the third best holiday movie of all time, just behind Scrooge and guess what? It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. That's right. I beg to disagree. You beg to disagree. You think it's the number one holiday movie of all time? I think it's number two. Number two? What's number one for you? Home Alone, for sure. Home Alone is number one. Wow. Mm-hmm. What about A Christmas Story? What's that? Ralphie? Oh, Ralphie. He's probably three. What about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? <gasps> oh, that's one. That's number one. <laughs> that's one. Elf is two. And then... And then Home Alone? And then Home Alone. Wow. Okay. So real-time changes to your rankings here. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Christmas Vacation. List. there were a lot of movie tie-ins for Elf. There was a Game Boy Advance video game in 2004 that was... Not very good. There was a Broadway musical in 2010. That's my birthday. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) There was a stop-motion animated television special in the style of the old Rankin-Bass classics like Rudolph in 2014. Elf is recognized, Alyssa, I think you would agree with this, as a modern classic. Um, I guess. Yeah, one of the big deals there is that it's an infinitely quotable movie. Alyssa, what are some of your favorite quotes from the movie Elf? Hmm, Let me think. You go first. Oh, well, mine is uh, almost certainly when Buddy the Elf is pretending to work with Walter and the phone rings and he picks it up and says, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? (laughs) There was a guy in my office that used to answer his phone that way. It would really confuse people. It was very funny. Wait, would he say like his name, what's your favorite color? No, he would just pick up his phone whenever it rang and he would say, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Oh. Yeah, shout out to Steven. Good job, Steven. So what do you think? What are some of the funny things that you like uh, that Buddy says? Um, Where he's like, it's not like, mm, he's he's sort of mocking Walter. Uh-huh. But he's like not mocking him exactly, but it seems like that. So it like seems like he's mocking him at the office. It's just like. Oh, when he's pretending to do business. Yeah. Oh, how about when he drinks the coffee and it's really gross and he doesn't like it? He goes, yeah. Oh, what is this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Son of a nutcracker, right? Son of a nutcracker rocking around the Christmas tree. Oh, boy. Yeah. Liz, there was a sequel planned to this movie. There was going to be an elf, too, but uh, Will Ferrell wasn't interested in that. He was reportedly on the line to be paid $29 million, and he still turned it down. He said he wouldn't have been able to promote the movie honestly if it was bad, and he uh, declined to participate out of concerns for artistic integrity. He should have done a second one. It would have been fun for us, but I don't think he would have enjoyed it very much. And now uh, James Caan, who played Walter Hobbs, and Ed Asner, who was acting as Santa Claus, have sadly passed away recently, so it probably is off for good. And I think that's okay. We can enjoy the movie as it is, and we don't have to worry about uh, any of those other ancillary things going on like sequels. Yeah. Oh, Liz, there was a funny thing that popped up on Reddit the other day. It was a question in an Ask Reddit subreddit, and they said, what is your favorite movie trilogy of all time? And most people thought that they were trying to get Star Wars and Lord of the Rings fans to fight together, but the top comment ended up being that the best movie trilogy of all time was Godfather 1, Godfather 2, and Goodfellas, which I thought was pretty funny, because there was a Godfather 3, but no one acknowledges that it exists. What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene from Elf? Yeah. Oh, man. You know what? There's one really funny moment, I think, when we talked about this already, when Buddy's in the mailroom in the basement of the Empire State Building, and he makes friends with that guy that has the long hair and the beard and mustache, and they are, uh, they're putting whiskey into their coffee, 
and oh, Buddy yeah. gets a little bit drunk, and they're laying there on top of all the mail, and the guy is talking to Buddy about all these things that he wants to do in his life, and he just deadpans, and he goes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm only 26 years old, and clearly this guy is not 26 years old. He doesn't even look 26 years old. So that was kind of a funny non sequitur moment in that film, and apparently that was an ad lib by that guy, and they just left it in. Uh, I thought it was great. That was great. There are very memorable fantastic scenes in this movie do you remember Alyssa, the scene where buddy is testing the jack in the boxes when he's at the north pole and he gets scared every time yeah it's probably inspired in part by the rudolph tv special which was the had the jack in the box or the charlie in the box i should say yeah so buddy gets frightened by those popping up in his face and those were real reactions by will ferrell really yeah there was a production assistant off to the side and he was activating the jack in the boxes by remote control. So there was real genuine anticipation and surprise, legitimate surprise when those popped open because Will Ferrell had no idea when that was going to happen. Oh my goodness. There's another funny uh, Easter egg about that. There's a laughing sound that the Jack in the Box makes when it pops out. You remember that? Like a yeah. little giggle. That was repurposed audio from a Disney movie. There was an animated hyena at the zoo that Lady and the Tramp visit. And that was the same laugh from that movie. Oh, Liz, we talked about this at the cold open at the top of the show. Here's an amazing Easter egg. When Buddy the Elf answers the phone and says, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? He says that his own favorite color is something called octarine. Liz, do you know what octarine is? No. Okay. So octarine doesn't exist, at least not in our world. This is a deep cut. It's a reference to a book called The Color of Magic from Terry Pratchett's Discworld series, like a very, very famous science fiction sort of fantasy book series. and. In that universe, in the Discworld universe, octarine is the eighth color on the spectrum. It's only visible to wizards and cats, and it's described as the color of magic. So is Buddy a cat? Is Buddy a cat? <laughs> no, but he has magic because he has elf magic from living at the North Pole. Oh, so yeah. he can see magic. That's so cool. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I want to see magic. I Well, hey, maybe if you become a wizard someday, you can see octarine. Or, um, or a cat. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're coming up on a transhumanist movement at some point. You might be able to transmogrify into a cat. I guess if you had some like Harry Potter magic. Yeah. You could be, uh, your animagus could be a cat. Hermione could turn me into a cat. Hermione turned herself into a cat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Liz, let's switch gears here. Let's talk about some of the food and the snacks in this movie. Because obviously, Christmas time is time for food and snacks. Yeah. And in Elf, it's no different. Because Buddy the Elf says... We elves try to stick to the four main food groups, candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. Yeah. A lot of maple syrup in this movie. Lots and lots. I think that's pretty funny. I mean, obviously, when you see Buddy put maple syrup on the pasta, it's a bit of a shock moment, but it's not terribly outside of the realm of the possible. We've done like sweet and salty combinations on the show before. They're good. You can get some like sweet and salty sticky noodles if you eat some Southeast Asian cuisine, for example. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty good. Another one of my favorite uh, scenes in the movie, he busts into the coffee shop, just like the little diner on the side of the road that has the sign in the window and says, you did it. World's best cup of coffee. Wow. That's great. And then he takes Jovi there later and he blindfolds her and has her taste the coffee. And she, she says, goes, "Ugh, yeah, it's just a crappy cup of coffee. And he's like, no, it's the world's best cup of coffee. That's right. Yeah. Because Buddy's so naive that he just believes whatever's on the sign. Yeah. Oh, here's another good food moment. We talked about making our stacks earlier with meats and cheeses. Mm-hmm. When Artie Lang is the fake mall Santa Claus at Gimbel's, and he tells Buddy tells him that he smells like beef and cheese. You smell like beef and cheese. What do you think? Uh, I mean, like, what do you think that actually smells like? Like Disgusting, beef and cheese. Like 
Ew. Yeah, that's pretty gross. You sit on a throne of lies. I like where he's like, where he's sitting on Santa and then he goes, this man's not real. Yeah, that's right. And then he rips the beard off. Mm. That was so great. It's awesome. There's so many good movies. or so many good scenes in this film. Yeah. Oh, how about when Walter puts, uh, before Buddy learns to put the whiskey in his coffee, when he sees Walter put some liquor in his coffee and he thinks it's syrup and he says, syrup and coffee? Why didn't I think of that? Oh, yeah. And then, oh, this is another good one. When he's eating dinner and he drinks that entire two liter bottle of full sugar Coke heavy and he lets out that really, really, really long burp. Uh-huh. That burp was not, well, it was real, but it wasn't real on set, on location. Will Ferrell didn't do it. Instead, it was intoned by a guy named Maurice LaMarche. Do you know who Maurice LaMarche is? No. Maurice LaMarche is one of our greatest living voice actors. He was the brain on Animaniacs and then Pinky and the Brain. I've he was Morbo on Futurama, a bunch of other things. He was the voice of Egon on the real Ghostbusters. Oh. Liz, if you were a, a child in the 80s and 90s and you ever watched a Saturday morning cartoon, you heard Maurice LaMarche. And in this film, he was uncredited, but he was the voice of Buddy's extra long burp. Oh. And Liz, in the real world, there is some food that's been inspired by the movie Elf. There's a place in Fort Worth, Texas called the Martin House Brewing Company, and they make an Elf-inspired beer. Oh. Oh, that was a... <laughs> you're making a face. Ew. Yeah. Elf-inspired beer sounds a little bit weird. It's called the Cotton-Headed Ninny Muggins. Oh. <laughs> obviously, after Buddy's insult. Uh, it's brewed with maple syrup, lactose, chocolate, marshmallows, M&Ms, and get this, Lissa, spaghetti. They put spaghetti in a they beer? They put spaghetti in the beer. It's 8% alcohol by volume. They say it tastes like a maple stout. That's according to the Martin House Brewing Company's marketing director. Oh. Yeah, it's not currently on their tap house menu for this year. This was a few years ago that they brewed it, but they do have, Alyssa, a sour pickle beer. Ew. You think that could be any good? No. Sour pickle beer? No. Have you heard of like football teams when it's really, really hot out drinking pickle juice to hydrate? The Philadelphia Eagles very memorably did that a few years ago. <gasps> Ew. Guys, no. <laughs> well, of course, the breakfast dessert pasta scene is probably the most memorable in the film. You remember this, Alyssa, of course. Buddy's left home alone. He remembers there was pasta for dinner the night before, but he embellishes it with all the types of foods that elves like to eat from some of the four food groups. It's like impossible to look away as he does this because the anticipation is building of him putting all of this junk on top of the spaghetti just a little bit at a time. And then it builds and builds and builds. And then he actually eats it with his hand. Oh, it's so gross, but it's like engrossing at the same time. Yeah. Very famous YouTuber, Andrew Ray of the channel Binging with Babish made his own version of the Elf breakfast dessert pasta in 2016. As of right now, I think it's up to like three and a half million views. That much? Yeah, that's a lot. He said it was the most disgusting thing he had ever made in his entire life. But it's good. Well, we're about to find out, I think. List the Hershey Bears hockey team tried it in 2017 for a promotional video. They made their own Elf breakfast dessert pasta. Do you know who the Hershey Bears are? No. The Hershey Bears are a local, I think it's an AHL hockey team from Hershey, Pennsylvania. So there is a tie in there because Hershey's obviously a chocolate factory. This, a dessert pasta. Instead of putting M&Ms in it, because that's for the competing Mars brand, they put Reese's Pieces on oh. their pasta. They said it was the only thing that was close to what they had on screen. Oh. There is a diner, Alyssa, in Chicago called Miss Ricky's Diner. It's at the Virgin Hotel. They put an elf spaghetti sundae on their menu in 2018. Can we go there and try it? We're going to go all the way to Chicago to try a dessert sundae? You mean Chicago. Chicago? A woman's friend. Oh. A woman's act. Oh, my goodness. Where did you hear that? Victorious. 
Victorious. Does Victorious have a Christmas episode? I'm sure that it does. For sure. We'll have I, to check that out oh, right yeah. after this. No, that's the one where they dance like the Mean Girls act, and then they go, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I have no idea what that is. You don't know what Mean Girls is? You know what Mean I Girls is. I know what is. Mean Girls is. You've I didn't know there was a that? Mean Girls Christmas act. Oh. All right. Okay. So back at Miss Ricky's Diner in Chicago, Alyssa. Yeah. The head chef there tried five different versions of that pasta sundae before setting on the final configuration. They make it with spaghetti, strawberry and raspberry sauces, marshmallows, s'mores Pop-Tarts, M&M's, Oreos, fruity pebbles, and shaved coconut. And that's all topped with uh, maple syrup and chocolate sauce. I hate coconut. It all sounds really gross. This retailed for $15. It was available throughout the holiday season. And list on the day that it was unveiled, which was a Wednesday, they played Elf, the movie, in a loop, on a loop, on every television in the restaurant. Oh. They also note on the menu, silverware is optional. You are allowed to, in the restaurant, eat the sundae with your hands like Buddy did. And they'll even give you a towel to clean up with. That seems great. The Chicago Tribune, one of the newspapers in the city, reviewed it. They said it actually wasn't bad. Really? Yeah, not a glowing review, but actually not bad is a pretty decent praise for something like that. Yeah. There was another ice cream parlor that did it in 2020. This was a place called the Ice House in Covington, Kentucky. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky ice cream. In this case, they said Elf Spaghetti starts with Ice House's signature spaghetti ice, which is a German-style ice cream that's made part of this Sunday dessert, and they make it by pushing the ice cream through a ricer to make it look like spaghetti noodles. That's kind of neat. That is neat. And then they combine it with M&M's, marshmallows, and hot fudge. The whole thing is topped with maple syrup and a chocolate fudge Pop-Tart. That, I think, sounds a little bit better. Yeah. So I'm looking at this tray that we have in front of us here, and all of this stuff just looks like, I mean, these are just Sunday toppings, but we're going to be using spaghetti instead of ice cream. So we're really making a Sunday here. Yeah, but with spaghetti. But with a tomato sauce <laughs> spaghetti base. This is going to be so gross. It's going to be so good. Uh, well, that one remains time, to be seen. One time me and my friend wanted to do it so bad, but we had gotten out to eat, and we didn't have anything but ramen and teriyaki sauce. Oh, so we strained the ramen, and then we put all the toppings on it, and you could still taste like the soy sauce mixture, and it was so gross. Liz, that's horrible. It wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah, just like that review for the Sunday in the newspaper. Not that bad, right? Here's <laughs> yeah. something that sounds kind of good. There are several recipes online for Christmas cookies that are inspired by this dish. Like? They're usually variations on very popular haystack-type cookies, and they use chow mein noodles that are all clustered together with other sweet ingredients and then coated in white chocolate to hold it all together. Oh. Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. Well, it's definitely not good for you. No, obviously none of this is good for you. Your brother Chase would not like this. This is not healthy food. Yeah. In fact, Lissa, a website called musclefood.com worked out the caloric impact of this meal and all of the other stuff that Buddy says that he's going to eat during the day, including an entire roll of Toll House cookie dough. This whole thing would come into about 8,075 calories, Alyssa. Oh, my goodness. That's like four days worth of food for uh, an adult person. No, he eats that every day? Well, he, mm, well, I don't know, maybe. He probably does. Remember, he eats the four food groups. So then that's 8,075 times 365. That would be pretty rough, huh? That would be, wait, can I do the math? If, <laughs> I mean, that's not great radio, but you can try, sure. Oh, you're going to the calculator. <laughs> 8075 times 365, was that? Uh-huh. Okay. So that would be, oh my goodness. 2,947,375 calories <laughs> in an elf's diet for a year, provided that he eats 
elf breakfast dessert pasta, an entire tube of cookie dough, and all of the other things that Buddy has every single day. Don't do that, please. Interesting enough, Alyssa, that calculation does not include any calories for the cotton balls that Buddy eats when he goes to the doctor's office. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, that's great, too. Yeah, the doctor, of course, was played by Jon Favreau, who was the director of this movie. He's recently famous for his exploits in the Marvel and Star Wars universes, both in front of and behind the camera. He's Happy Hogan, for example, in the Iron Man and Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In actuality, those cotton balls were made of real cotton candy for the filming. They were undyed, so they just looked white. Oh. And Will Ferrell did confirm that for all of the other scenes that he was in, he actually ate all of the candy and sweets that were shown on screen, including the breakfast dessert pasta. Oh. Yeah, during the filming, he complained of sugar-induced headaches. Oof, yikes. He was a good sport about it all, though. Last month, just last month, Will Ferrell and Jimmy Fallon, one of your favorite television hosts, teamed Jimmy! up. Jimmy! You, uh, you guys like the Jimmy Fallon ride at Universal, right? I love that ride so much. It's so fun. I think the pre-show where they the roots wrap the rules for the ride i think that's my favorite part of the entire show i think i memorized it well yeah maybe we'll do maybe <laughs> that'll be a segment on another show yeah rap the jimmy fallon rap oh boy so jimmy fallon and will ferrell got together they made a tiktok video where they made the elf pasta together oh my god and then they ate it and it was disgusting obviously well yeah so every year commentators uh will say that seeing buddy the elf at christmas time is like seeing Mariah Carey or Michael Buble at Christmas time. It's their favorite part of the season. And Alyssa. Yeah. It's now time for my favorite part of the show. Alyssa reads the ingredients. Alyssa reads the ingredients. We don't have to do all the individual ingredients in every component of this Thank dish. We would God. be here like all day. It would be insane. But here is a list of all the things that we are going to put into Buddy the Elf's breakfast dessert pasta based on a screen cap from the movie where we watched every single thing that he put on there. Go ahead. Spaghetti with tomato sauce, M&M's, snow caps, chocolate fudge pop-tarts, mini marshmallows, chocolate syrup, caramel syrup, and of course, maple syrup. Of course. So let's get to the rules of the game, Alyssa. Junk Feud's a culinary clash. Junk Feud is a culinary clash to see which treat will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks. It's a King of the Mountain-style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme. Alyssa. Yeah. The reigning, defending, undisputed champion of holiday snacks, the holder of the Kringle Cup, is... Bold Chex Mix. This is its second. Yeah, that was pretty good. We'll have to do that from now on. Okay. This is its second title defense. Last week, it defeated the Elf on the Shelf North Pole Snow Cream Cereal with Marshmallows, the one that made your mouth magically cool. You remember? I expected that one. Yeah, that wasn't. uh, That was okay. Just okay. Yeah. Today, we are trying, uh, inexplicably, Buddy the Elf's breakfast dessert pasta from the 2003 holiday movie Elf starring Will Ferrell. I cannot believe that you talked (laughs) me into actually doing this. Yeah. There are no run-ins. There are no sneak attacks. No I don't think, heart attacks, hopefully. Well, maybe. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could stomach anything else besides just this meal at this point in time. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. And that means it's crunch time. Crunch time. We rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip, so snacks can be graded A, B, C, D, or F with the very best treats earning the elusive S tier ranking. The following contest is scheduled for one serving. One serving. And it's for the undisputed championship of holiday junk food, the Kringle Cup. Liz. Yeah. We got to go get our pasta, and we are going to put this together live on air. We'll be right back. And we're back. And we're back. All right, Liz, let's tell everybody what we've done and what we're about to do, because I need to say it out loud because I can't believe that it's happening. (laughs) So this morning, we boiled some pasta. 
I made a quick marinara sauce. When everything was done, we tossed it together in a pan. We have a pile of sauced thick spaghetti in front of us right now. Yep. Everything is on our very festive looking red and green fiesta wear plates. I brought forks, but we're not allowed to use them. Yeah, so just like push those away. I will say the spaghetti itself looks good. I think we did a good job on this. Yeah. Now, we have to add all of the crap that Buddy the Elf adds to his meal. Are you ready? Yeah. What are you going to start with? So I'm going to start with M&M's. I'll start with some snow caps. M&M's on top. Oh, I dropped one. Mini marshmallows. This is a disaster. (laughs) Snow caps go on next for me. I, you know what? I really like snow caps. I think they are a vastly underrated movie snack, the snow cap. Some crushed up chocolate fudge pop tarts. This is the piece of this that I think is going to be the absolute dirt worst. Okay, so now we've got, we have all of the solid toppings on there. And now we have to add chocolate sauce, caramel sauce, and very last maple syrup. All right, you've done the caramel sauce. And so have Oh, I, I put a lot of chocolate sauce on. Oh, no. What a mess. What? <laughs> this Absolute looks so good. mess. This looks amazing. You know what? I'm I'm gonna have to take a picture of this for the take for, a picture of mine for the account before we go. Well, I'll take a picture of both of them. And then finally, maple syrup. This is real organic Kirkland signature <laughs> brand maple syrup from Costco. Grade A, amber color, rich taste. So actual actual real maple syrup going on top. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm loading it up. Oh, this is so disgusting. No, this is amazing. Load it on top. Load it all on. Dad, we're going to have to get more maple syrup after this. Did you just empty that entire <laughs> liter of maple syrup onto there? Yeah. Uh, well, all right, so here well, we go. We've got everything up here. Well, um, it doesn't fit. Okay. Hold on. We're going to move this over here just so that we don't make too much of a mess here. I will say, this looks nice. It is absolutely a culinary atrocity. You say culinary a lot. Well, it means food. Oh. <laughs> okay, ready? Oh, and we have to eat this with our hands? Yeah. Oh, why did I agree to this? Okay. No, first we have to mix it. Well, I will say I like individually, I like all of the ingredients that are that's in this. There's nothing that I don't like. Oh, no, you're going in with your hands right now. Oh, so oh, I don't want to do this. This is going to be an issue for my sensory challenges. Mix it in. Oh. <laughs> all okay. right. So this feels like It feels nice. You know like when you go to those um like haunted houses in elementary school around Halloween time, and they're like, oh, stick your hand in here. This is brains, but it's really just cooked pasta. Yeah. Well, that's this. Okay, ready? And you're gonna, sh- you're just gonna eat this with your, oh, no! <laughs> oh, no! Oh, that's so gross. You just went straight in with it. Mmm. And you're pretending to like it. All right, so <laughs> I'm gonna take a handful of this, too. Oh, no. Why? Mm, I don't like it. Hang on. Here we go. Okay, so... First imp- you are going to town on that, kid. Mm. All right, so I will say this right up front. This is not good. Uh, there are some interesting... Oh, my gosh. You are a mess. <laughs> you know, I would take a video of this, but my hands are covered with just gunk right now at this point. Mm, my napkin's falling. So the, the hardest part about eating this is just swinging my face around the microphone, really. All right, my initial reaction is that this is a waste of good pasta. The spaghetti is cooked perfectly al dente. What I can get from the sauce underneath all of the sugary syrups is that there's a good amount of garlic flavor in the marinara that we made. There's a little bit of heat from the red pepper flakes. It's kind of nice and pleasing. I will say the heat and the garlic contrast, not nicely, but they do contrast. 
with the intense sweetness of the chocolate syrup and the caramel syrup and the maple syrup. I could see doing a version of this that was just like a tomato maple kind of thing and getting away with it, but all the other crap, you are gonna eat this entire plate. Oh my gosh, and your face is just absolutely covered in, in just sludge right now. Oh my God, you're, ugh. So I don't, I'm, I don't enjoy this from a, <laughs> from a pure sensory perspective. I'm still eating your pill. I'm a little hungry, it's lunchtime. There's a little bit of a pleasing crunch from the non-parels that have sort of sloughed off of the snow caps, those little white sugar beads. The marshmallows add absolutely nothing. Mm -mm. The chocolate Pop-Tarts sort of break down and absorb all of the liquids and syrups, so they're intensely flavored. The, uh, what has happened here? All the, all the color has come off of the candy shells on the M&Ms. It's sort of just dissolved into the sauce. Okay, I can be done. I'm starting to cry. It's too sugary, but I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're still going. You are gonna, this was a healthy plate of food. This was like an adult dinner serving size portion that we made here, and you are eating the whole thing. You are gonna be so ill after this. Mm. All right, so I'm gonna use this towel here and start cleaning myself up. I'm very unhappy. <laughs> this was unpleasant, and I am displeased. But I will say, all things considered, just like that movie review, excuse me, just like that ice cream review, this was not actually as bad as I thought it would be. Oh, look at that. That's gross. <laughs> now you're just playing with your food. Mm, that was delicious. I have chocolate sauce on my nose somehow. You're complaining. Look at my face. You look like you lost a pie eating contest. <laughs> Ugh. Ew. Yeah. Big, well, I won't say that this was a mistake, but I will say that probably I'll never do this again. Is there any more pasta? No. Regular pasta? Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit, but I, I don't know what happened to it. It might be in the fridge. Why, is that what you want for lunch now? Mm-hmm. Well, while we'll clean up, Bliss, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you thought it tasted like? Because we're going to hit the Bliss point in a moment. I think it tasted very good. It was perfectly sugary. Perfectly sugary. And, wait, I'm not done. You Yes, you're done. You're already clean. Oh, you're going back in for more. You have cleaned this plate. The only thing that's left is like a syrup sludge and some mini marshmallows on the bottom. I'm good. Oh, terrible. I mean, it did look great, though. I think I can admit that, at least. Mm. And it's going to take me forever to edit out all these chewing sounds that you're making. This towel looks like it came out of triage. What a mess. How about we take a minute to go to the bathroom and clean up a little bit? Why don't you go wash your hands? We'll be back right after this. And we're back. <laughs> Welcome back to Junk Feud Liss. Yeah. Let's hit the bliss point. Tell me what you thought about this week's snack, breakfast dessert pasta from Elf. Well, it looked amazing. It did look great. Um, it smelled great. It smelled sugary, chocolatey. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, the, <laughs> the sound was very ushy and gushy. It was a very slurpy kind of meal, for it sure. It was like... <laughs> like that. <laughs> and the taste was very good, actually. Well, I mean, I think we disagree there for sure. There were some interesting taste combinations going on. Some, some sort of non-traditional flavor profiles, I guess I would say. It was like... The taste was good though, because like like you were saying, there was plenty of like like you could he you could taste the garlic yeah mixed with the different it complemented good. There was a lot of heterogeneity for sure, both in flavors and in textures. There was some crunch, there was some squish, there was a lot of chocolate, more chocolate I think than there should have been. Probably we should have done a little bit less chocolate syrup and a little bit more maple syrup to keep with the spirit of the of the content here. Yeah, but you know what? I will say this. It was awful, but oh. it wasn't as terrible as I thought it would be. It, was it could have been worse. Amazing. I think it could have been worse. 
Yeah, definitely could have been worse. And really, we talked about this earlier, but this was basically eating an ice cream sundae with your hands with spaghetti instead of ice cream. I have the sugar shakes. You, <laughs> I can see you are twitching right now. So <laughs> let's end this up really fast. Uh, what are your final thoughts on this week's snack? What would you give it as a rating from Sprinkles to Fun Dip? Oh, um, I'd give it a B plus. A B plus for breakfast dessert pasta from Elf from Alyssa. Wow. I'm going to say solid D Solid, just a straight D here. I was going to say D plus. I can't even give it the D plus, the gentleman's F. This is a D. This is below average. (laughs) I will never eat this again. It was absolutely bad. There were, like I said, there were some interesting things going on here. Not enough for me to rank this highly or well. What do you think, Liz? You gave it a B plus. That's a strong grade from you. Do you think this is better than bold Chex Mix? No. No. Okay. So that was a quick no there. This is a novelty food. This is a fun thing to do. It's more interesting to actually make it and take that first bite after squishing it around with your hands than to eat it as though it was something you're having for like sustenance or pleasure. It was definitely more fun to mix with your hands. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was fun for sure. This isn't, this is a like a pastime, I think, that we will do mm, maybe not every holiday season from now on. You know but, what we should do? You know, do? maybe once in a while. We should do this again. And then we'll do a challenge to see who can eat it the fastest. Oh, that sounds horrible. I will not be involved in that. Maybe I will referee. Oh, I can do it with my friends. Oh, that's right. You're having a uh, an elf watching party and uh, you guys can do that. Sure, that's a good idea. And you, you have to be the ref, okay? Okay, that, that I will agree to. You know what else I'll agree to, Alyssa? What? To getting to the Oreo rule. Oh, wait a minute. Before we get to the Oreo rule, I guess that means... Your winner and still reigning, defending, undisputed champion of holiday junk food, holder of the Kringle Cup, Alyssa, until next year. Bold Chex Mix. Bold Chex Mix, our winner for the entire holiday season, is Bold Chex Mix. It's going to come back against a slate of new challengers next December when we do the holiday snacktacular yet again. Yep. And before we get to that list, we have the Oreo rule. Here's an interesting thing we've got for the Oreo rule around Christmas time. We don't actually have any of these yet because we haven't seen Aunt Laura for Christmas yet. But around Christmas time, Aunt Laura makes Oreo truffles, Alyssa. They're so good. They're so good. It's a simple, simple holiday recipe. It's crushed Oreos mixed with softened cream cheese and coated in white chocolate. They are great. I look forward to them every year. They're so good. Liz, for Thanksgiving this year, we didn't tell anybody this, but we made Pop-Tart truffles with all those leftover Pop-Tarts we had from the Pop-Tarts episode. Those were not bad. They weren't bad either. It's the same recipe. Crush up Pop-Tarts in a food processor, mix them with softened cream cheese, coat them in some sort of chocolate, depending on the flavor, white chocolate for frosted strawberry, plain milk chocolate or dark chocolate for something like chocolate fudge or uh, s'mores. Really good. Surprisingly good. Yeah, they're like, they're basically cake pops without like the hard stick. Yeah, that's right. Cake pops without the stick is what those truffles are. And here, Liz, is another question that we ask every week. A very important question. Can it deep fry? Will it deep fry? Can you deep fry this week's snack list? Absolutely not. No, no way. You cannot deep fry any aspect of the elf pasta. The whole thing would be an incredible disaster. Although, that said, I'm sure that in the coming months and years, maybe, we will see someone at a state fair or maybe at a holiday festival try to deep fry all the ingredients from the elf breakfast dessert pasta. Look, I have the sugar skin. You have sugar skin, you're saying, too. Oh, look. So sugar shakes and sugar skin. Yeah, mostly the sugar shakes, though. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, you're still twitching. (laughs) I had way too much chocolate. I think so, too. So guess what? 
What? That means it's time to check out the back of the box, a weekly segment where we play a little game. Alyssa, would you like to play a game? I would love to play a game. This week's segment is a new one just for the holidays. Jingle it's called smells. Jingle Smells. I'm not excited. Alyssa, <laughs> <laughs> for Jingle Smells, I've got some holiday-themed snacks, and you have to identify them from smell only while blindfolded. Okay. So here is your blindfold. It's a sleep, a weighted sleep mask that you have for this some is reason. The best thing ever. So let's put that on. Okay, the sleep mask is secured and in place. Can you see anything? Um, I can see black. Okay, perfect. Where's the microphone? Okay. Alyssa, I have three holiday items here. Okay. You are going to try to identify each one by smell alone. I am going to waft these under your nose. You will tell me what you think you smell. Are you ready for holiday themes treat number one? Yeah. Are you getting anything? No. Um, it smells like strawberry. It smells like strawberry. Are you sure? Um, yeah. Well, it's, that's what it smells like. Try again. Oh, 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 that smells minty. Okay, it smells minty. What do you think it is? One of those, like, peppermint thingies. One of those, like, peppermint thingies. Yeah. Okay, so that was number one. Your guess for number one was one of those, like, peppermint thingies. Here comes number two. Item number two. Is it under my nose? Not yet. Are you ready? Yeah. Here it is. Oh, ew, ew. Wait, that smells gross. Item number two, you say smells gross. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you think it is? Want to try uh, one more time? No. Um, it smells like one of those vomit jelly beans. Vomit jelly beans. Is that your official guess? Um, well, I know it's not, but yeah, that's my final guess. Okay. So item number one was one of those minty-like things, and number two was one of those vomit jelly beans. Yeah. Okay. And finally here then, item number three. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. On Jingle Smells. Oh, that smells good. That smells good, she says. Where is it? Oh, it smells like Alyssa's candle cast. Okay, so you're saying item number three smells like Alyssa's candle cast. What does that mean? Smells like one of those candles. One of those candles. Yeah. Do you have like, can you be more specific than that? Wait, let me see it again. Okay, here's item number three again. Um, smells like, I guess, um, I don't know, like white chocolate. White chocolate is your guess. But it had like a good kick to it. White chocolate with a good kick to it. Yeah. All right, so let's recap of the three items. Number one, one of those minty things. Yeah. Number two, vomit jelly bean. Number three, white chocolate with a kick. Yeah. Okay, are you ready to unveil Yeah. the three items from Jingle Smells? <gasps> it was Alyssa's candle cast. <laughs> so we cheated a little bit. Item number one, one of those minty things was a candy cane. So that's close. I'll give that to you. Item number two, you said a vomit jelly bean. No, in fact, this was a packet of Swiss Miss hot cocoa mix well, with marshmallows. Well, it smells disgusting. Yeah, the just the straight up hot cocoa powder does not smell very good. It smells a little bit like, I don't know, like sort of a Dutch processed cocoa and powdered sugar mixed together. It's not great. But item number three was a trick. And you got it, Liz. This was a Yankee Candle Christmas cookie candle. <laughs> It smells so good. It's a very, very distinct smell. Dad, Alyssa's I know candle my cast candles. does it again. I know my candles. <laughs> that was great. That was a back of the box segment. Liz, what? This podcast should reach you in excellent condition, satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back. If you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Any final thoughts on the Kringle Cup, the holiday snacktacular, Merry Snacks Miss 2022, Alyssa? No. No, just straight up no? Yeah, I need a nap. <laughs> well, then in this case, this podcast has contained your recommended daily allowance of fun. Bye.
one. For more, go to Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or wherever you choose to be social. Find us at Junk Feud Pod. You can stream with us on Twitch, watch fun size snack reviews on YouTube, buy merch on TeePublic, and fund us on Patreon at Junk Feud Pod for exclusive bites. And don't forget to catch all the snacks each and every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Until we see you again for Alyssa, I'm Mike. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on ya. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. 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 Whoa.